The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Welcome. Yes, this is Vincent Jenna coming to you live. I'm alive. It's alive for any of you who remember Mel Brooks, Young Frankenstein. Um, from Raleigh, North Carolina, where things are settled down and beautiful and people are marching peacefully, standing peacefully. Um, I hope you have taken the opportunity. And if not, it's on my Facebook page. Go to my Facebook page, my personal page. You can go to my personal page, too, and read the list of what the protests around the world has thus far accomplished. You know, because you you see a lot of people complaining about these protests, but protests are needed. People need to stand together. That's how we wind up accomplishing things. Do you think we would be this far in the world? Yes, we are still archaic in so many different areas, like the concept of racism, prejudice of any kind. But it is the standing together that always accomplishes things. Um, so go look, it, it's an incredible list and it's, it's wonderful because it's so comprehensive. It lists all the countries and what changes have already occurred within a short period of time since people have been standing and protesting the George Floyd incident. Now we are going to talk today. Today is about how past lives can affect sexual orientation and uh, we're going to be talking about the important features of reincarnation and how previous lives may be working in your current life journey, right? The soul memories of our past lives helped us form the unique and wonderful beings we are in the present. So we're going to talk about that. <clears throat> but first, I want to bring up a couple of things. Yes. All right. All right. Here we go. I'm repeating myself as far as who I am and the platform that I take. It's all about people, it's all about love, it's all about compassion, I'm all about um, unblocking so that you can be and feel your own magnificence and, and create the life that you so deserve and want. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, sometimes, sometimes I do stand on that pedestal, that platform, that soapbox, whatever you wanna call it, and I lay down some very hard concepts that I believe in, and I don't do it lightly. One of my last ones, for example, is it was totally in response to people retorting, all lives matter when anybody said black lives matter. <clears throat> and my response was, no, all lives do not matter. And the reason why all lives do not matter is because of the way we're treating them today. If all lives mattered, we wouldn't be having 
uh, LBGTQ Pride Month, they would already be respected, accepted as equals, <clears throat> treated with love as every other human. If all lives mattered, there wouldn't be issues with immigrants who are the foundation of this country. They would be accepted and welcomed. If all lives mattered, Muslims and all other religions wouldn't be profiled, especially the Muslims, as terrorists. If all lives mattered, we wouldn't be fighting black civil rights and equality that we have been doing for decades now. If all lives mattered, women will be receiving equal pay. So right now in the world, all lives do not matter. So don't throw that out there as some thinking you're saying some profound intellectual philosophy when in actuality, when you say all lives matter in response to black lives matter, you're really only saying that only your life matters. You just want to try to sound good otherwise. And that is actually a form itself of discrimination and and racism and prejudice. And people don't understand. Prejudice isn't always blatant. Yes, have there been some fools that have put signs out blasting blacks and calling them the N-words? Yes, a friend of mine showed me where across the street where he lives, one of his neighbors actually put that out there and, of course, made derogatory comments towards blacks, gays, and Jews. And it was horrible, but that's blatant. That is obviously we can deal with that in, in, in certain ways, just the same as right now we have dealt with the George Floyd murder, abusive murder, right? We, we ask for justice, we get justice. Sometimes we have to ask really hard for it and we need to stop it. However, we're not going to stop prejudice unless we see it when it's subtle. And that is actually um, some of the worst because it's so hidden, yet it's still there. And they still get mistreated, but they get mistreated without you knowing that you're really prejudiced. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm going to bring it up on my um, on a website, there are all these different postings out there that you see in the social media world, right? These memes that people are um, putting online, all right? And um, and and at first, they seem so um, innocent, right? And and so uh, pure. And, oh, you know, that is, that's so good, that's so thoughtful, that's so wonderful. When in reality, they are completely prejudicial statements or acts. For example, when you hear a movement being placed out there, something important, like I was talking about All Lives Mattered, and one woman felt the need 
to throw in, well, if all lives mattered, so would the innocent fetuses, you know, pointing out the concept of abortion. Well, what she wound up doing is turning around and, and demeaning everything else that was said. So when it said Black Lives Matter and you turn around and put or someone turns around and puts, well, all lives matter, what you are saying, who cares about the black lives, all lives should be cared for. And you think you're saying something profound, you really aren't. You just poo-pooed the concern about black lives. Of course we know all lives matter. Every individual, including the blacks, know that all lives matter. Some of those blacks have white parents because they were adopted. So they know that all lives matter. However, sometimes we have to make strong points in order to get it respected, because even though we're saying, like I said, all lives matter, they're still prejudiced. So then all lives don't matter, like I said. So, of course, they have to say it. They have to pronounce it. We have to say it. Black Lives Matter, printed in the streets, the way it's been. It, that's been incredible. They matter. And if LBGTQ and when LGTPQ people are tormented and persecuted, their lives matter, too. However, that's not what happened just now. Because we've been there for them the same way when it's been necessary. So there was this one meme or graphic put out there. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase just a bit because I can't pull it up. Um, I was actually blocked from this person's site when I commented on it and pointed out that this absolutely could be taken as a form of racism. Why? You don't have to turn around and dislike a black person, but if you go against their cause, what are you saying? And if you say things like another person wrote and said to me, I tolerate all people, oh, well, I'm so glad you tolerate me. <laughs> tolerate me. You tolerate black people. You tolerate gays and lesbians. Well, how thoughtful of you to tolerate us. We're supposed to be unconditionally loving when you can say, I love all people, all races all sexual orientation, all creeds, all colors. I love you all. Tolerate you? I don't want to be tolerated. Do me a favor. Please don't tolerate me. If you're one of those who tolerate me and my show, go listen someplace else. If you tolerate my words, go someplace else. Don't, don't Do me a favor. Because I'm not here to be tolerated I'm here to be experienced, experience myself, experience me, me, experience you. That's why we're all together. So in this graphic, there were three. I want you to try to imagine it. I can't put it up anywhere. Three equal size circles. And, and as soon as I describe it, you may have seen it already. 
and each circle was intersecting each other. So they weren't next to each other like the Olympic circles. They were actually intersecting each other with a middle point and an opening in the middle. So they were overlapping each other, not just touching each other. They actually overlapped each other and so that there was an opening in the middle. And in one circle, it said outrage for the George Floyd issue. The second circle said outraged at the looting and rioting. And the third circle said, I believe there are there are good, oh, it said, there are good cops. Okay. And she wrote the word me in the center. And the caption is, yes, you can believe all three. Okay. So you may be thinking, well, what's wrong with that, Vince? What's wrong with that? What's, what's wrong with that? You're going to be as outraged about the looting as the useless, senseless, abusive, hateful, evil murder of a black man. And the looting and bricks through a building glass front window outrages you equally or you are as equally outraged as equally you believe that there are good cops the moment you need to pull those things in do you understand you are saying to the person to the people trying to make a stance f you this is important too. That's exactly what you're saying. Now, you may not think that you're saying it, but you know what? We have to get rid of the innocent prejudice. Innocent prejudice. You know why we have to get rid of innocent prejudice? Because there is no more innocent prejudice. You cannot walk in this world today and claim as an excuse ignorance. You can be ignorant, an ignorant person, that's different. But you cannot claim ignorance with all the education that has gone on today, with all the insightfulness, with all the spiritual understanding. Please don't turn around and say, well, I didn't mean it to say that. Well, you know what? Before you say something, are you supposed to think? Are you supposed to say, well, how is this going to possibly come across? How can you even worry? All right, I know what's going on in Minneapolis. So they want to defund the police department. Okay, well, first of all, I can't necessarily argue that that is so terrible because one of the other towns did. They're doing total civilian safety and they're fine. Okay, so how do you argue with that? As a matter of fact, there are studies in demilitarizing countries and having civilian-based military, and I'm not talking about civilian with rifles and guns. I'm talking about no military at all. That actually happened in World War I in Poland. They, they had no military. They disbanded their entire military, and what they made themselves was ungovernable, 
ungovernable. So if somebody tried to come in and order them around, they would not do it. Even if they were beaten, killed, it didn't matter. They didn't give into it. And you know what? That's exactly the way it was supposed to be to begin with. There was no supposed, to, not supposed to be any wars. God did not condone one battle in this planet. Everything that you hear in the Old Testament about God saying, okay, go ahead, um, Joshua, I'm going to help you fit the battle of Jericho and knock down those walls and kill this tribe over here. Nonsense. That's all people, all the Crusades. And I'm sorry, even Joan of Arc did not hear from God to tell her where to go to fight the people, because there would be no fighting today if we gave it up. And there's been and there's, there's actual proof of that. So these people in Poland did not have a military. And you know what happened? Nobody bothered them because the minute somebody went and attempted to attack them, the rest of the world said, uh, 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 uh. They're laying down their arms. They're not fighting. Okay. And so you can't go there. And 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 what happened in Switzerland? Why why okay, people. We we have World War II in a country who decides not to be part of it. Nope, we're not fighting. And you can't come here and fight. And everybody agrees to it. Maybe not willingly, but they agree to it. How do you have rules of war? How do you have rules of war? War is chaotic to start with, but yet they set down rules. How come they couldn't have rules not to get into the battle to start with? But no, they have rules of war. I, I find that that redundant and whatever the word is, hypocritical. You can fight, but yet you fight under certain, like it's a game. It is a game. Right. Fighting is a game. So what's wrong with a and, and quite honestly, if you know the history of Minneapolis, there's been a lot of police brutality, you know, and it's very hard pressed to convince people not, to not be wanting no police department. OK, it's going to happen. So what? All right. But don't tell me that that then that value is going to be just as important as a human life being destroyed for no reason at all and hurt and, and killed and murdered and his family suffering. So so understand that that's the reason why you may get a retaliatory response. I didn't retaliate. I tried to point out this is a form of prejudice. And boy, did she go off on me. Well, she became very defensive, and I find that interesting, too. Why do you have to defend the truth? If if I stated a lie, you don't have to sit there to defend it. You would say, well, Vince, if that's what you want to believe about me, that's, it, that is not necessarily true, but that's okay. Your opinion. But, I mean, she was about ready to call me every name in the book because I pointed out, and, and here was the reason why she even retaliated more. She was a light worker. She's also a psychic. And I was very bothered. I, I will be. Please do not walk down the street with a sign on your back saying, I teach the path of God, Jesus or whatever. I'm a spiritual person. I talk with the angels. I talk with my guides and then turn around and devalue life. Because that's what happened. So understand that people are going to get upset. Get it? 
So I, I, I need I need to make that point for you, because here we are. And, and God bless you, LBGTQ people. It, it, this is has, was supposed to be Pride Month so that they could gain the respect and and share that not just amongst themselves, but with us. Right. That they are normal, healthy, wonderful, loving beings like some of the rest of us. And and they and and they took a back seat. Now, yes, there's been some absolutely beautiful memes. I I put a graphic on my uh, page, my Facebook page, the cover, and it's all fists, including a rainbow fist. It's basically representing every single race and creed again. Um, and it and it was just. Beautiful, beautiful, because it was really important. But yes, right now the priority has been because because it's something disastrous that happened this month. And so, yes, so they're focusing on blacks right now. It does that say anything that nothing else matters and nobody else matters. No, it doesn't. They're not. They didn't say once. Oh, um, the hell with the LBGTQ Pride Month. Let it be the black. Lives Matter Month, okay? They didn't say that at all, but this is what we do when these crises happen. We stand. Don't demean these movements. And no, look, I have plenty of police officer friends. I mean, my own brother-in-law was a, a the captain um, or sergeant, I think it was sergeant at a correctional facility. I'd have loved him to death. And nothing against him, no judgment. My brother, it's a it's a very honored profession, and we should honor it. However, just the same as with all professions, there are a lot of of people in it that should not be in the field. They should be assessed, and each of the other police officers should be the ones pointing them out. Don't become tribal. Don't protect your fellow officers, which is what's been happening. I mean, right? A man is pushed down, 75-year-old man is pushed down to the ground. He cracks his head open. I know everybody saw that video. How many police officers walked over that man? How many police officers retaliated because of the the one officer who did that being suspended and they all resigned from that particular division all right so when things like that happen understand people are going to get upset we don't need you or anybody else to sit there and say well police matter too we know that and we're going to get there and tomorrow When this all settles down with George Floyd, we'll be there with all the police officers, too, and say, hey, listen, let's not let's not because we don't want to be uh, develop uh, and one prejudice to develop another one. Right. We don't want to be prejudiced against police officers. Yes, there's been some blacks that have caused a lot of trouble, but, but, you know, the blacks know that, too. You understand that we don't have the, the white folk don't need to point out to black people that there's been some bad black people. Let, let's worry about 
just being bad and let's take care of that, right? We don't have to point that out to them. They know. Just like you don't have to point out who's good. We know. And when you point it out during a movement, that's all I'm saying. When you're trying to point that out during a movement, understand then, understand then that people are going to be upset because you're undermining a cause. You are not making a great point. Nobody is going to want to listen to your point then. You actually lose your point. So that's the reason why I come back. And and if you're going to call yourself a light worker, I'm going to be the first to point you out in the middle of the room because you're the elephant that's sitting on people. That is so that is so hypocritical. That is so hypocritical. That's why Jesus called the Pharisees and the Sadducees hypocrites, because they're telling the people what to believe and they're completely acting in a different way. Oh, you look so good in your in your garb and your in your beautiful temples and stuff like that. But you don't teach anything about acceptance and love and God's word. You teach your word. So we call them hypocrites. So. I'll stand in that company. I don't mind. But about let's move to LBGTQ sexual orientation and please forgive me if 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 i had put down a wrong word anywhere um things have changed and grown you know when i was a social worker and i was going to school sexual preference at that time was the accepted word totally understand that people mistake that's the reason why this is why we have to say the right things now why do we have to come up with the right words i'll tell you why we have to come up with the right words because there's always some dope out there that will misuse the word and then all of a sudden the word becomes negative and it's not positive at all. Why do we change? We change sexual preference to sexual orientation. Why? Now, I prefer now now we can do this. It's like I prefer women. OK, just the same. I prefer vanilla ice cream. I prefer. But you see. Now, somebody turned around and said, well, if you prefer, that suggests that you're choosing. We're going to talk more about this on the other side of the commercial. So stay with me. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. I'm Vincent Jenna, your host. Let's get into this fiery discussion. I'll see you in a minute. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Okay, we're back. Um, If you missed the first half of the show, if you don't mind fiery responses and content, go back and listen to the podcast today. Um, I was just making intense um, points, 
shall we say. And right now we are talking about LBGTQ and we're going to be going into past lives in regards to that. We're talking about words and word usage in regards to that. Words are very powerful. Uh, here, here's the interesting thing about words. Yes. Beliefs are more powerful than words. Words influence the beliefs. So understand that. That's, that's where we come from. Our beliefs manifest. Our words help to form our beliefs. Now, a word unto itself has absolutely no meaning until we give it meaning. Okay, so I can use and that's why the, I, I don't mind curse words because it totally depends upon how they're being used. The reason why people have used cursed words to start with, it's to make a very radical negative statement about somebody or about something, right? So they always had a negative connotation. People have heard me use curse words, and but I use it as compliments. I can also use it because it is an intense word, and I want to um, intensify something positive that I'm saying, I can add on a curse word and you will absolutely believe that it was what a, a sacred word given by God. So it's the meaning we put behind the words. It's not the word itself. And here's the point. So we were talking about sexual preference, sexual preference, right? We talk about uh, gays sexually prefer men. Right. Lesbians sexually prefer women. OK, so that was OK until it was taken out of context, until it was used negatively. And it then, you know, labeled them as being perverts for choosing. So now they they associated the word prefer with choosing that they have the choice. And if they have a choice, they should be making the right choices. So. So words then were used against. So, yeah, we'll change the word. So now we say sexual orientation. OK, um, just the same as and, and you learn a lot of this stuff as a social worker because you always want to be politically correct. Just the same as when you are talking about Asians, you do not refer to them as Orientals. They are not Orientals. Now, you can buy an Oriental rug and you can purchase and put up in your home an Oriental artifact. So Oriental refers to a physical item, but not a person. People from Japan and China and Vietnam and Korea are Asians or Asians because Oriental would then use negatively, you know against them so so the words change because of the meaning we wind up putting behind them so it's important to understand that rather than criticize it okay give everybody a break they don't mind and you know if it's it's in their own community just just the same as um blacks there are certain blacks amongst themselves that they will use the n-word amongst themselves Sometimes it can be in anger. A lot of times it's in jest and joke. So again, the meaning behind it. But if a white person uses it, it's definitely derogatory. And it's not accepted by that society, by that culture. So, so there are certain words that the LBGTQ community will accept. Right? Oh, all right. We are at a place, and I have to admit, being 65 years old, I have to adjust 
as well. So within the LBGTQ community are the genders now. Now, we typically know the male and female as being two genders. However, now a day because of emotional things and, and, and people coming into the world may not identify with one or the other. So now an acceptable term that they prefer is they and them, they and them. Um, so it's not a matter of him and her. It's not even a matter of my daughter, my son. They want to be referred to as them. Okay. If that makes them feel comfortable. Okay. You see, when you care about your brother and sister, when you truly have unconditional, and this is the word unconditional, and behind that word unconditional, it means only unconditional. It doesn't mean anything else. It means without condition, without anything attached. So unconditional is unconditional. Don't ever change the meaning of that word because we say unconditional love today and everybody thinks it's any kind of love and it's not any kind of love. It's unconditional love, which means if your brother and sister are uncomfortable with you referring to them as one thing and they prefer to be referred to as something else, unconditional love will allow you to go, okay, hon, whatever whatever it, you're, you feel comfortable with, of course. I totally respect that. I respect, it's called respect, it's called acceptance, it's, it's called unconditional acceptance and love. I, I do have a caller on. Um, I'm not sure what the question will be, but you are allowed to call me with any question, even if it's off topic, don't worry about it. So I do want to um, address the question that's coming up. So Amy, I'm bringing you on the air. How are you today, Amy, from San Diego? Hey, Vince, I'm doing great. San Diego is super hot. It's calmed down, but it's still interesting. But yeah, That's a good word, interesting. We're talking about words, right? So interesting is a good word to describe it because right now I think the entire world is in an interesting place. Right? Exactly. I think we should all just go by our names. We don't have to worry whether we're white, purple, pink, polka dot, nothing. We're just a human being with a name, and <laughs> we're all yeah. the same. Even the animals. And right, I think right. If we could just feed the population healthy food and everybody gets treated right, everybody gets fed right, it might just make a big difference. I don't know. Oh, not, not my, no, no, not my, Amy. Do you understand that that's exactly what they need? Okay. Um, it, it, it was, it's such a, I forgot who it was who, who said it, but they were talking yesterday. If you feed them, you give them health insurance and take care of them, people are fighting for their protection and their survival. That's the reason why they're acting the way they're acting when they're not getting it. You feed them their needs, their physical needs. Everything takes care of itself. They don't have to fight anymore. So you're right, Amy. They need, they need healthy. They don't need to be taken advantage of. They don't need to be abused and manipulated. They don't need to be fed garbage that is going to kill them either. They all need to be taken care of with some kind of health care so that they can go to doctors and get exactly what they they physically need like anybody else. So, so yes, treated right, treated with respect. That's all we need. You just came up with the answer. I hope you realize.
realize that. Well, you know, something else really fun is we can all learn to garden. We can be taking classes in grade school, which schools are doing, but everybody should learn how to garden and grow healthy food. And we can feed each other nice, healthy, organic food, feed the animals healthy food, and take care of our agriculture. And, you know, it might just make a huge difference in this world and how fun it is going to be because your community, you're making food for each other. I mean, oh, I, absolutely. I, I would just love that. I wish we could just go to school and everybody starts gardening first thing in the morning, you know? <laughs> that, <laughs> and, and there were some schools, my daughter went to a school that did exactly that. They put up a garden that was part of their class for the year. The entire school had an outdoor garden and they were using for the lunch meals, they were using all of the vegetables that came from that garden and that school. And that's actually what... Um, Michelle Obama was promoting and they started their own garden and they would go, she would go to schools about talk about healthy eating because of the obesity situation and the lack of food in the world. So you're absolutely right on there. Now it's understandable that there's some areas that can't grow food because of the soil or anything like that. But I don't know if anybody remembers the old comedian, um, Sam Kinison, who was um, with the guy who yelled all the time and he died young, unfortunately, of a heart attack, probably because he yelled too much. Um, but one of his joke routines was about the people that lived in these countries that couldn't get water and couldn't grow food. And his comment in his com comic routine was about move move, go move somewhere where they do grow food and they do get water. Why are you staying there? Just get up and move. And and it was so, it was like one of those obvious answers that you wonder why. And of course we understand that's what they're used to. It's not just easy to pick up a whole country and move someplace else. But yeah, but he made a point, move. If you can't grow it, if you can't live the way you want, go where you can. So did you have a question for me today, Amy? I do. You know, it's about food. It's about me and my, I don't know, past life or something. I have a food thing in life, and I always did, and I had an eating disorder for so many years. And you know I, I need to move into this full-time as my passion and my gift of helping people with food of some way. But can you help me understand what this whole energy is with me with food and how to go about it? Is it a past life that I you know, moved into this one. Does that make sense? So how, how old were you? I'm figuring that you were fairly young when you had an eating disorder. Yeah, yeah, I okay. started, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is what it is. Um, and this is for a lot of people to understand. Um, most of the eating disorders is, is actually not an individual disorder, it's a family disorder. It's a family unit disorder that comes out on one member of the family. So there may be dysfunction that's going on within the family of some kind. And so what happens is then you develop this eating disorder and you have this, this dysmorphic belief about your self-image, okay? Come, that's one of the reasons what adds to it about your image and the way you look. And so what I feel, Amy, has happened is you've grown from that and because it was a disorder in the beginning, I think you're trying to spend the rest of your life fixing it. And by fixing it, it means focusing on food in a positive way, right? 
And so I see you focusing on food in a positive way. Now, 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 where a past life, I'm not actually, I think it was an intermittent, intermediate life. In other words, in between your lifetimes, you may have chosen to be involved in food, to even have an eating disorder, you be the one taking it on from the family so that you could eventually become passionate about proper food, healthy food, in order to teach and help others. It's the same reason why sometimes, well, not sometimes, I believe that I had chosen my family and that I had set up a plan and soul contract because we do have soul contracts. We don't always know what those are. But the way uh, it out, it turned out in my life, I kind of believe that the torment I went through when I was younger may have been set up by me in order to become the person I am today and the spiritual teacher I am today and use it. So you don't have to worry about it being a problem. I think you're using it the right way. Acknowledge that you purposely made that choice to to really focus on the positive and and where you are today it's not like all right so be grateful am i grateful i went through a tormented childhood well i would like to have come here without having gone through that but i don't regret my life because of who i am today and that's how you let go the choices you made because of the negative experiences, you completely turned into something positive. So you can now let go of there having been something wrong with you. And you don't have to hold on to that anymore because you used it, you turned it around, you made it into something very positive and you can keep going with it because you can relate, right? Who wants, who wants to hear from somebody who's not been through any of that trouble before you know, try to turn me around and try to help me. So because you've been through eating issues, you will absolutely be able to help others, whether they have issues or not. But you're, you can completely focus on why it is so important that food be used the right way. And, and it's not about your image. It's about how much you love yourself to feed yourself the right stuff, right? Whichever way you can help people with that, Amy, at this point, I, I think you're spot on and doing exactly what you need and don't need to worry about why you have it. Just accept that you're, you've turned it into something extremely positive and profound and helpful. And you're such a wonderful man. I love that you look oh. great. I, I live. I was shocked when I saw you. You look fabulous for a young 65. Oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. I love that, Amy. I, <laughs> but, you know, I could have taken that when you said I was shocked. I expected you to look old and crappy. But no, you look good. <laughs> so I'm glad I shocked you. I'm glad I shocked you. Yeah, I tell you, you're well-loved, so keep it up, I tell you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, too. And you can only appreciate the values in another person because they lie there inside of yourself. So so just understand that and just use me as a reflection, okay? Okay. Keep making health contagious. All right. Thank you, Amy. And you take care of yourself now. Okay. Bye, Ben. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we we do have another caller um, on hold. I'll let I'll I'll wait until I find out whether that person actually has a question. So, Louis, just let me know. 
Okay, just listening. All right, great. So back to the LBGTQ. Let's talk about that for a moment now. All right, we talked about the words. Let's talk about, I, last week I, I briefly talked about the spiritual misunderstanding, okay? Um, it, it, including, you'll read in there the line in, um, in the Bible, in the New Testament, about that a feminism, man lying with man, any type of adultery, um, any type of sex other than between a man and a woman and for the purpose of procreation, Paul wrote that that's an abomination. Any type of sex. And it was only one sentence that he wanted to throw that in. And I said the reason why he put that in there had nothing to do with God beside and or Jesus. Um, beside, didn't Jesus say to Peter that upon you I shall build my rock? But Paul decided to write the tenets of, the, of Christianity, and Peter went along with them. Peter never wrote that it was wrong for a man to lie with another man. And Jesus said, what you say down here is what I will honor in heaven. If we're really going to go, if you really want to take it literal, then what Paul said doesn't matter. And even if Peter said it, it's wrong anyway. Um, Paul did not like sex. And remember, Paul was Saul first who tormented the Christians. Okay. So Paul didn't like sex, and he thought it got in the way of anybody following a Christian life. Especially those who wanted to be um, disciples, or the new word, priests. And so he separated the people. He pulled those who wanted to be ministers and move them out of the cities so that they wouldn't be tempted to have sex. And he put them in, in monasteries with young boys, with young boys as apprentices and helpers, no women. The nuns weren't there. They were in other places. And he did the same thing with the nuns. Because if you were going to be a minister of God, this is Catholicism. How come they were able to reinterpret Paul's writings to be able to allow Baptist ministers to have get married and be able to have sex? You know, so anyway, again, you can see it was all conveniences and what they didn't like and liked at the time. But it was never mentioned that a woman can't lie with a woman. So we talked about that last week. Now let's talk about reincarnation and, and past lives. Understand that our entire purpose is to experience ourselves when we come down on this planet. And experience ourselves in all different ways. In all different ways. We experience ourselves as men. We experience ourselves as women. Yes, men will come down in another life and be a woman. Souls, the souls doing the experiencing. The body is just the vehicle of the experience. So yes, the soul, let's, let's change the word to soul. So the souls will experience themselves as men. And then another lifetime, the souls will experience themselves as women. 
Souls will never experience themselves as animals. So get that out of your head right now. Get away, get away all that old world Eastern philosophy that you can come back as a bug. There is no sense to it. You can't grow and and be. And if you're exterminated um, because you're in somebody's house, there is no evolution or evolvement out of that. Okay, so please get that nonsense out of your head. We would only come back as humans. We wouldn't even come back as a dog. So souls will come back as that. Souls will come back and choose to experience a wealthy life. Souls will come back and choose to experience a poverty-ridden life. They would choose to experience being leaders. They would choose to experience being followers. They would choose to experience opposite sex orientation. They would choose to experience same-sex orientation. Now, let me repeat, because I just used the word choice, which is not a good word to use in this physical world when it comes to gays and lesbians, transgenders. There is no choice once you get here. The choice is on the other side before you get here. Why would we choose to be gay? All right, men that are listening right now. You may not have a curiosity in this particular life as to what it is to have sex with a man. I, yeah, it may have crossed your mind. At some point, it actually did cross your mind for you to decide, no, I like women. Oh, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. When you're watching a porn show and don't say you never did, or you looked in a magazine and you saw naked men or naked women, you're figuring out what your orientation is by what you're drawn to. You don't sit there and go eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Oh, I'm, I'd like that. But you do question and then you go and that's how you figure out what your orientation is. However, what would make you think that it would be wrong to experience sex with a male if you're a man? What would make you think that if you're a woman having sex with another woman is wrong? you would come back to experience that. Experience that kind of love and sharing. Now, here's where it can get caught up. And here's basically how you know the difference. You know the, the kids that are five, six, seven, eight, they're young, and, and they're very, they slip right into their orientation very easily. Well, chances are that is a person who had that soul contract before they came down. All right, I'm going to be in this body. I'm going to experience my life in this way. I, I, I've not done that before. I'd like to do that, to know how that feels and grow from there. That would be cool. Um, here's when it can kind of mess up, because we do go from lifetime to lifetime using some of the tools we gained from the life before. Now, can you follow a spiritual path without understanding any of this? Yes. I'm only expanding this to help you understand a little bit more the way things go. Yes, it used to be thought that a sexual orientation was psychologically driven in you. And Freud talked about the Freudian stages during the Oedipal stage. Um, 
where where the boys and girls get hung up during a particular stage. The way Freud thought of it is there is a stage usually around 12 or 13 years old where the boy begins to have fantasies about being with the mother and being with the mother sexually. This is Freud. This is all Freud. And for a girl, the exact same thing about being with the father around 12 or 13 and being with the father sexually. Well, um, if, if you get caught up in that, if you if, if it, the normal routine doesn't happen and occur, you get a fixation. And the fixation causes you to have an abnormal desire. So what's supposed to happen, a boy has his desire to be with his mother, but then fears castration from his father, so then eventually steps away from the mother. The girl, the same thing, being with the father, fears the abuse, not necessarily castration, but their form of it in girls, from the mother. So she steps away from the idea of being with the father. That's what Freud thought, the sexual development stages. Now, he wasn't so totally off. I mean, I remember clients, when, when you're 12 or 13 years old, um, you can, abs that's why sexual molestation and abuse in children is so bad, because they're going through their own sexual development stages, and it's supposed to happen normally and healthily, so that they don't get fixations. And I remember uh, somebody that I knew that he could only have an orgasm by thinking about sex with his mother. For the longest time, he came to me for help for that. And the reason why is because his mother used to shower him and with him until he was 12 or 13 years old. No privacy. And that was wrong. Oh, my goodness. The time is over. Holy cow. I didn't even see the clock. My gosh, people. We'll talk more about this next week. I got so caught up in this because I want everybody to learn so much. This is Vincent Jenner. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. I love you all out there. Come back next week. We'll talk more and have pride in who we are. Boy, I'm leaving you hanging. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm. 